and welcome to the Lightly Literary Podcast, the Thoughtful Book Club podcast featuring two friends. I'm Travis, joined as always by my co-host Amanda. Welcome back, Amanda. Hello. We are here today to discuss a vexing but fun and intriguing book called The City in the City by China Mieville. Uh, it is a novel. I guess I should have said that. It's not just a book. It's a novel. Um which I chose, uh, which I'll, we'll get into in a second. So it's kind of a sci-fi detective story. If you've never listened to the podcast before, you have found a perfect starting place because the goal of our book recommendation episodes, which this is, is to try and persuade you in under 30 minutes to read a book with us over the next two weeks and join us for those discussions. So we're not going to be spoiling anything heavily today. We'll keep it pretty light and just basically try and convey what makes this book intriguing and worth reading. And we'll try and lay out who might like it and why they might like it. Um, we have Facebook and Instagram accounts, so if you can follow us on social media, it helps a ton. We're just at the Lightly Literary Podcast, which is all one word, so check us out there. Um, any rating, reviewing on any platform, too, podcast platforms, that helps a ton as well. So we'll kindly ask for that. It, it is always appreciated, and we thank you for joining us. Let's get into this book. Um, I, again, chose it. Let me read from the cover. I always get away from that, but shouldn't. (laughs) So let me start by reading from the cover about the city and the city to give you a backdrop of what it's about. It says, when a murdered woman is found in the city of Bezel, somewhere at the edge of Europe, it looks to be a routine case for Inspector Theodore Borlu of the Extreme Crime Squad. But as he investigates, the evidence point to conspiracies far stranger and more deadly than anything he could have imagined. Borlu must travel from the decaying Bezel to the only metropolis on Earth as strange as his own. This is a border crossing like no other, a journey as psychic as it is physical, a shift in perception, a seeing of the unseen. His destination is Bizel's equal rival and intimate neighbor, the rich and vibrant city of Ulquoma. So the description there kind of undersells it. These are like parallel universe existing cities. They're not like, they're not neighbors as you would think. So that's kind of what they mean by that, you know, vexing mental description, so to speak. Did that make mm. sense? That did, I don't know. Hopefully yeah, it did. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, very, it's a very fantastical premise, even if it's not a fantasy book in the traditional sense. No knights, no swords. Uh, no shields, etc. But definitely a fantastical premise, a mind-bending detective story. Um, should we do our rapid-fire recommendations? Let's do it. Let's jump in. So we're going to start with our first segment. This is when we give fill-in-the-blank answers about who should read this book. I will start. I think you should read this book if you enjoy detective fiction. That is exactly what I put for my first one yeah. as well. That is telling, then, <laughs> listeners. That's telling. <laughs> if we have this, because we do this blind, we don't know each other's answers. If we have the same one, then that is a strong sense of what this book is like and who will like it. <laughs> um, do you, oh, so you just went then, I guess. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that's yeah, convenient. Okay, I'll go again. You should read this book if you don't mind reading the same proper nouns hundreds and hundreds of times. Uh, breach by the end just broke me down. I was sick of reading the word breach. The word breach appears in this book. It must be 10,000 times at least. <laughs> That's a good point. Breach! Yeah, it, it definitely does. Uh, what's another one? Um, well, the names of the cities, I feel like they have to keep yeah. repeating because it's obviously given its premise, they have to be super clear on what, what is where and what's when yep. and all that. So, mm-hmm. Breach! Mm-hmm. Um, you should read this book if you like subtle world building. Ooh, I'll just do mine too. We've really paired up on these. I, I put, you should read this book if you love a slow start. And in that, I mean a conceptually slow start. The plot actually moves fast, but the concepts in the world building takes a while. Like you have to enjoy the teasing out of that. So I think that's perfectly mm-hmm. said. Yeah. 
Okay, then I'll do my next one. Um, you should read this if you all if you like almost cliched characters, but mm. they're presented so well. Yeah, it's about as well as some of the detective cliche stuff can be done, I think. Just to the mm-hmm. point of not being a cliched. Yep. He does well yep. enough with the subtleties and the character subtleties to not have that be burdensome. Nice, we're moving through these. Um, you should read this book if you love characters who almost all have bags under their eyes. It's a book they of tired characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they work hard and, and lovable for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you should read this book if you like some political intrigue without needing to study up on the politics of the fictional area. Damn, yeah. My next one is almost like that, too. But that's true. These are invented places, if the names weren't clear. I mean, my knowledge of the geography of political geography of Eastern Europe is not good. So it's like I could see somebody hearing Bazell and Ilquoma and being like, oh, is that in Turkey? Or, <laughs> you know, what's the where's that? But no, this is these are fictional places. So mm-hmm. you don't have it'll it'll immerse you in the in the politics. And yeah, my last one was you should you should read this if you enjoy some slight but taut political tension. It's not sure. it's not dominant. Obviously, these are detectives, not you know committee members or politicians. But it's in it's an important backdrop that you can't lose sight of because it has plot implications. Yeah, and it's it's just so well done. So well it done. is. It is. It's not preachy and doesn't doesn't talk down to you about anything. Exactly. So. Yeah, and you don't you don't feel like you have to really dive into. The particulars, yeah, um, of the political situation in in the novel, like it's it's general enough to where you'd be like, yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and my final one is, you should read this book if you think American coffee is trash. Yeah, <laughs> there's some digs at Canada and America, kinda. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> spoiling to go further, but yeah, and there's uh, obviously Turkish coffee is the best coffee, isn't that what they drink? <laughs> Yep. Turkish okay. Coffee. I don't. I don't know anything about coffee, so <laughs> <laughs> my knowledge of coffee is less than zero. Zero knowledge. <laughs> Let's jump to our pop culture touchstone. This is a segment where we connect this work to something you might already know. Could be a book, movie, TV show, um, piece of art, literature, what, whatever. Anything really, music, even. I think I'll just go obvious first. It, any noir detective fiction, right? I don't even really know mm-hmm. that stuff that well, but it's like even I know enough of the basics of like what noir fiction and detective fiction is like. Um, there's no femme fatale in this book, so there's that difference. But I think like if you just like detective fiction, you'll like this book. In terms of a touchstone, I'll go with Blade Runner, um, just because it's a thing a lot of people might know. I do think this setting is much more readable as, as real, quote unquote, and it's it doesn't it didn't feel as defeated and downtrodden to me. Like Blade Runner's world is so soaked in neon and darkness and rain. Like this world yeah. didn't feel as bleak. the The city Borlu's from is troubled, but he really likes it, and so doesn't focus a lot on just how just how it's struggling. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think the atmosphere kind of can match with Blade Runner, and also it's a very similar premise of like a detective just chasing down leads in a world that's like ours and isn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming the Harris Harrison Ford. Yeah. The second Blade Runner is a little different, I would say in turn. Well, maybe both, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I enjoyed both <laughs> movies, so I think either is fine, but yeah. yeah, I was thinking of the first one when I said that, but no, the, I think those, those stories are similar enough. I think the second Blade Runner is more outright, kind of philosophical about some things but the first Mm -hmm. movie has that too in spades so it's yeah yeah they're similar enough both yeah 
Um, mine is a little different because I compared it to a board game. Uh, mm-hmm. Hit us with it. <laughs> um, so the the board game Catan or Catan, um, or even Ticket to Ride. Um, so games like that. Uh, you're totally fine just building your own stuff up, uh, but there are these areas where you bump against each other, and you might try to screw each other over in some aspects because it's kind of a border war. There might be Mm. some um, where you're cutting through somebody's perceived border, and they're cutting through a perceived border of yours, but you guys haven't, like, talked about you wanting that, or if you did, you'd be like, I don't care because I need it. Um... So there's some rivalry, but there's also maybe, you know, you're not too much of an asshole and you're still kind of keeping it nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, it depends on who you play with, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But um, I chose that because that's just kind of the backdrop for the novel's two cities as well, the city and the city. So no, it's kind it's, of like the setting. It is true. The story will also rely on, in terms of plot and conflict, a, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the interminglings of these locations and what borders mean and who gets to have say and influence and etc so yeah, yeah I, I agree with that broadly that's a good one too and i, I always <laughs> admire the the stretch picks for the touchstone you know <laughs> why go movie or book you, board game is pretty that's great i like it <laughs> i've done a couple i guess music and podcast based ones but now i've got to mm-hmm. i've got to keep staying i gotta stay creative you know, it's a good reminder. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. I admire that pick. No question Thanks. about it. Let's do our next segment, the scripted pitch. So this is just what it sounds like. We've each prepared a bit of writing in advance to read to try and further convince you to read this interesting novel with us. Do you want to go first this week? I feel like I always do. Oh, sure. Yeah. Twist. Oh. But take it away. Mine is super short. No, nothing um, wrong with that. We try to keep them brief. <laughs> Mine are always longer. Yours are always shorter. It's We're all breaking <laughs> rules in our own ways. Uh, uh, this novel was recommended to me by at least two other English majors and avid readers, and I completely understand why. Um, it's a well-written sci-fi detective novel with an interesting premise. The world building, like the writing style, is subtle and concise. You won't have to wade through pages of exposition to understand the world that Mieville has created, just as you won't have to wade through any sentences that read more like paragraphs. In fact, the writing is very simple, allowing the dialogue to really stand out in its stammerings and pauses, sometimes awkward pauses. Mm -hmm. The dialogue seems more natural in a lot of ways and also is a tool to build characterization, which is generally really well done in this novel anyway. The murder mystery is also a political intrigue, but you don't need to study up on the novel's politics to understand the tensions described there. The story has a great pace, great style, and great characterization. There's a lot there to recommend it to any kind of reader, not just an English major or sci-fi reader or noir reader. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It is broadly recommendable, I think. It, the detective yeah. stuff really pulls that through, because that is a type of fiction as NCIS and all that stuff. What I don't even know the names of the other ones. <laughs> what are the other <laughs> ones called? But there's so many uh, of those shows. But CSI. CSI. SVU. Yeah. The popularity of those things on cable has proven that this is such a stalwart type of fiction. It's like people will always be intrigued by crime investigating. So, and this carries it on that alone. The first 50 pages will be the tough part <laughs> uh, before some of the world building is a little clearer. But yes, that it succeeds in that way for sure. 
um, my scripted pitch. There is a type of science fiction, perhaps better, uh, even better called speculative fiction, that I love, and it is the type that follows one narrow mandate. Everything in the story should be like our world, except for one critical thing. And recently shows like Black Mirror have taken up that mandate with pretty noteworthy success. That shows, you know, pretty acclaimed popular. You don't have to bog a reader or viewer down with hundreds of new names, terms, and concepts for a speculative work to succeed. And overall, I think The City and the City is a mostly successful and pretty engaging exemplar of this approach. Uh, though there are some burdensome moments of just like comprehension, confusion here and there, especially at the beginning the narrative is very propulsive and the conflicts stay intriguing throughout so it has that going for it if you have absolutely no love for detective fiction or like noir style fiction then i would actually say this is one to avoid because i think those are the tropes that define this book so that that i would say comfortably like if you hate that stuff then this is an easy, you know, don't read. But everything else about it works well. Uh, even that stuff avoids cliche. And I'll say that to its credit, it does avoid some easy cliches to fall into, um, but it does embrace others, like the strung out, relentlessly vulgar detective. There's a couple people like that and um, a lot of F words about staying up late or I'm, I was effing sleeping and <laughs> I don't know, a lot of coffee <laughs> drink. Like there's just little things, but um, I, I'll say this. I'm no lover of that type of fiction. I don't seek it out. But I found this story's mysteries really engaging and the political backdrop to be, it's like just sophisticated enough. It really does not talk down to you and keeps things just vague or kind of widely interpretable enough to keep it engaging. Uh, Indeed, a reader who prefers broader cultural explorations might even be the most ideal one for this book uh, because it's a novel that focuses heavily on cultural norms and expectations, no matter their sort of... uh, intrusiveness uh and it's also interested in borders and border countries that have all too close inhabitants so i do think there's some just broader cultural themes that people could latch onto too Uh, if you can endure the layers of mystery that it piles on in the early chapters this is a novel that will reward you with something engrossing puzzling and i think even a bit unsettling at times too which is nice yeah i think um yeah, I hadn't thought of the novel as unsettling, but I think that, yeah, it can be unsettling, especially some of the, the more uh, pointed philosophies about borders and stuff like that. Breach! <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, it's, it's. I was thinking of some of the ways that when his wor- perceptions of the world start to shift or change, or mm-hmm. and there's some stuff about Breach in here, too, that also is, is similar to that. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I think that's right. It's a really good insight about sci-fi. Is I, I think that I like it too. When I like you know crazy worlds and stuff like that, um, but I don't like a lot of how that's often written, which is just like exposition heavy. Yeah. What right. I really find interesting is when what I what I enjoy is when there is some sort of element in the world that can be described. Um, or shown to us rather than named for us. And, yes. Um, it's easier when there's just like one weird element or whatever. So I think that um, this novel handled that really well. Definitely. And it's, I do think it's the kind of concessions that get people on board more quickly. It's, it is a tougher sell. Game of Thrones is obviously the cultural exception to this in a huge way, but it's hard to have a mass appeal hit with world building like that, where it's just, you got to kind of like live in the world to really be on board. And there just aren't many narratives that 
I don't know if I was going to say earn that. I mean, I love fantasy and sci-fi writing. But yeah, who really kind of um, can pull that off in a wide appeal. And so this is kind of that balance where you can convince, maybe convince people who don't even seek that kind of fiction out to read it, enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the quality holds it up, I think. I agree. Yeah, since it it is of a high quality. Um, Any other thoughts on the, (laughs) the pitches? Uh, no. Excellent. Final segment, then. Our quote for clarification. Uh, it's kind of what it sounds like again, but I'll explain. Each of us is going to give one quote from the work, usually a paragraph or so, and then explain kind of what it represents and why it's significant, just get to give you a sort of preview. At this point, obviously, we've talked around the book a lot and haven't haven't delved into the specifics, so we're going to do that now. I'm going to have you go first, because my quote, I forgot my page number, so I've got to dig it up quick. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you do your quote first, and then I'll find mine in the interim. Yeah, uh, mine is actually from the beginning. So it's from page uh, five, and it starts with, I'm Inspector Borloo. I said, extreme crime squad. I did not say I'm Theodore. A difficult age to question this. Too old for first names, euphemisms, and toys. Not yet old enough to be straightforward opponents in interviews, when at least the rules were clear. What's your name? The boy hesitated, considered using whatever slang handle he'd granted himself. Did not. So I chose that because, first of all, this is an example of the kind of dialogue that you're going to be reading um, as you go through. It's very straightforward, but he he tries to keep it a, a very natural cadence in the dialogue. And also, there's just some subtle world building even within that um, where you have um, extreme crime squad instead of, you know, uh, a different like you know homicide SWAT or whatever. team or detectives yeah, exactly. or whatever yeah it's, yeah so it's like you understand what it means but it's not what you would what, not the title that you're used to mm-hmm. um, and that's the the example of the kind of subtleties you're going to see um, in the world building here where it's like you, you understand it kind of but it's like a, a twist on what you w- would normally understand it to be mm-hmm. um, and also the um the insight into the person that he's questioning who's a little teenager and saying you know okay so he's analyzing the situation and analyzing the person in front of him he's too old for first names euphemisms and toys not yet old enough to be straightforward opponents so that kind of that shows a little bit of borloo our main character and oh, yeah. uh, how he takes things he's kind of a balanced he's a detective that is balanced and has kind of a couple tools in the toolkit or enough to tools to make him interesting. Right. 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 So it is, yeah, no, I think it's a great intro to him. And I, I even forgot, I mean, this book is like that cause there's a lot of subtle detail and it's, it's well-written and complex and everything. So I even forgot that little bit of a little bit of intro to his character. It's nice though. Yeah. Very well done. Shows his kindness, which in some later police brutality scenes will be important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Um, my quote's coming from page 37. This is when, so Borloo at this point in the story has gotten a phone call from another city, which I won't fully explain, that is helpful to him, but he's conflicted about the call because it came from this other city, not the city he's in. So this is what it said. Um, 
He says, in which case, for this call had given me a major lead, a close information about this unknown suspect, the murder victim. I had been told where to go and who to chase and to find out more, which it was my job to do. But if it came out that I acted on the information, no conviction would ever stand. And much more serious, it would be far worse than illegal for me to pursue it. Not only illegal according to Bez codes, I would be in breach. My informant should not have seen the posters. They were not in his country. He should never have told me. He made me an accessory. The information was an allergen in Bizelle. The mere fact of it in my head was a kind of trauma. I was complicit. It was done. Perhaps because I was drunk, it did not occur to me then that it had not been necessary for him to tell me how he had come by the information and that he had done so for reasons or that he had to have reasons for doing so. So if you can wrap your head around this or at least grapple with it if not understand it then i think this book will work for you but paragraphs like this in the opening are confusing i mean it just is we don't know what breach means he says mm-hmm. it would be far worse than illegal like well, okay what <laughs> what does that yep. mean uh how and why and what is that like is it like an ethical code a moral code a personal code it, it turns out it's not really any of those things but like you know that's kind of confusing um you know, no conviction was stand from this information. Like why the, the sentence, my informant should not have seen the posters. They were not in his country, but he did again, just a basic fact like that is your mind early in this book can run wild, creating its own solutions. The book does a good enough job of explaining it though. It's kind of yeah. one of those, you got to trust it, trust the process. Is that the cliche? You just have to understand <laughs> that Mieville is going to take care of this. And although it takes a while to tease it out, you you will be rewarded, so to speak. Right. Yep. What yep. do you think? That's, is that is that quote enough, confusing enough? <laughs> yeah, very well chosen. Yeah, um, yeah. At the very beginning, of course, you're you're going to be a little confused, but yeah, as you say, he handles it very well, and everything is is clear enough. Yeah. By the right. end, to where you you get a a good understanding of, of the it's so difficult because i could i could probably in a minute fully explain the workings even though there's mysteries at the end and not everything is you know laid out perfectly but it there is enough of an explanation that it's like i'm not confused at all about how this world mm-hmm. works but the yep. beginning is confusing <laughs> um yep. So you just have to kind of fight through that. It's worth it, of course. We've praised this book hopefully enough. Like, it's well done. It's strong detective fiction with with a nice sci-fi twist. It's very thoughtful, interesting themes, and well done. Yeah, the writing. Everything about this is, is very good. But you do have to kind of get through those early moments. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, especially if you're going to come into it thinking, I don't even like sci-fi, but they said it was good. Then that's the thing you have to mentally prepare for the most. Right. So. Yep. Excellent. Any other thoughts on The City in the City by China Mieville? Uh, no, I'm good. A good return. A very, very strong novel. Really enjoyable. Yeah. Fun to chat about. And, you know, maybe I'm a detective fiction guy now. I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Something about having a mystery in the background of a story bugs me. It really yeah. bugged me with that book we read before this. I forgot the name of it, but that was a mystery that bothered me. <laughs> a good this one family. did not. Yeah, yeah, that uh, <laughs> did not enjoy that mystery. This one, though, I think was teased out and had some deeper <laughs> ideas to it. I guess. Anywho, uh, yeah. Um, okay, well, that's our that's our review. Uh, we have other books coming up in order, so if we did not persuade you to read this one with us, we'll be covering it for the next two weeks. Apologies for the lack of persuasion, but you know, all we can do is try, Amanda. That's all we've got. Um, yep. All I've got is our effort. Um, 
Do you want to tell them about what we've got coming up next? Yeah, so next up we've got um, the historical novel Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. Then we have the novel A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. And then we have um, a reimagining of some Greek myths called mm-hmm. Pandora's Jar by Natalie Haynes. It's and an analysis. Comedian, apparently. Isn't so. it an analysis? Does she rewrite them? She writes them from a female perspective. No, oh. she doesn't rewrite them. I thought she yeah, does. I thought yeah, essays. she does do an analysis. You're right. Okay. But she's a comedian. Got it. So she like looks at from a per- feminist perspective some of these Greek myths and gotcha. Yeah, discusses that. Yeah. Yeah, because my whole thing was like I thought we were getting back to some nonfiction. I'm almost I'm yeah, almost excited about right. it in a way. So yeah, yeah, cool. That'll be I some nonfiction. That. In a few weeks. So that'll be for our holiday season, right in the holiday season window. Woo-woo. So, <laughs> excellent. A um, couple quick social reminders at the end. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, just at the Lightly Literary Podcast, which is all one word. So give us a follow there. We do appreciate it. If you're on a podcast platform, leave a rating and a review. That helps enormously. We appreciate you, as always, for listening through. Feel free to tell friends and family about us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And if you're looking for a new read, dig back into our archives. We've got book recommendations up all over the place in there, book review episodes, and also we have like consolidated book highlights, too. So if you're just looking for something to read, and people to read with we've got you covered so check us out there until next time folks thanks as always for listening and we'll see you between the pages